You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. My name is Logan Bradley. I'm your host today. And I'm joined by, similar to last week, Jack Wright. You can find him at Bear Down Jack. And then we have Brendan Chagru gracing us with his presence. You can find him at Brendan Chagru on Twitter. We are missing Patrick Sheldon. He's at P underscore Shells. And Ryan Dangle, of course, our gracious host at Ryan Dangle. Before we get into anything, Brendan is an absolute TV star. He had a, a, a little spot on WGN this week. So I'm just going to embarrass you and just leave, put you on the spot a little bit here, Brendan. How was that? That was really cool. Um, that was awesome. It, it just came out of nowhere too. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm sitting in a Zoom meeting, uh, you know, for work late in the afternoon, get a DM and like my face just shot up. I'm like, oh my God, like this is crazy. And just happened in a matter of hours. And uh, yeah, I talked with Larry Holly from WGNnews.com. Uh, did about like a, they call it nine good minutes. And so they talk with different uh, sports reporters, broadcasters about Chicago sports. And Larry is just, I knew he was like really good, a really good guy from Twitter, but just speaking with him and getting to know him a little bit, he is tr- like truly a tremendous guy. And just kind of hearing his stories from covering the bears back in the day with WGN. And uh, that was also really cool to share with my mom specifically because she like loves everything WGN and she was over the moon about it. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um I, I can't, I, I really, I, I don't want to try to downplay it. It was really cool. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Watching WGN growing up and I, yeah, again, I know that my parents uh, watch a lot of WGN now, but then just seeing bear down Chicago podcast on there. I will was, say cool. I made sure because like, I was going to say, like, I knew that was a Brendan move. Larry's like, Oh yeah. So you're with bears wire. I was like, yeah. Can you also add the podcast on there? And like, you know, is there enough room? And he's like, yeah, I got you. I was like, good. I want to make sure I call that out. <laughs> Absolute team player move. Absolute team player. Folks, if you're thinking about wanting to watch WGN in a brand new house, maybe you're tired of your old digs right now, why don't you call our guy, Jeff Cadwalder? There's only one person and one person only you need to think of when you're thinking of buying or selling a house, and that is Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to get the contracts, and it's not about paying the high price either. Make sure you contact Jeff today to learn more. Visit GenevaJeff.com or call or text him at 630-254-4734. And shout out to Jeff real quickly just for sponsoring our great segment that we were able to bring back last week, our outhouse and penthouse for the games. So fun going through that. I am heading to see Will tomorrow to get this shaggy, shaggy hair cut fresh and clean. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68, 68, 68 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Go to Sheridan's Barbershop.com 
or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Green Bay Packers week. It is a week that every Bears fan both maybe recently dreads, but like still you get that that blood flow going a little bit. You you get kind of excited, especially after this past weekend with what happened, the Bears going 1-0, and with what happened with the Packers. As I'm sure everybody knows, the Packers had a rough week one, losing 23-7 to to the Vikings on the road. Um, had some drops, mainly one main drop that I think everybody saw from Christian Watson right off the bat, their rookie wide receiver. But overall, it was really a rough week for them. They were absolutely torched by Justin Jefferson. But as we all know, that maybe doesn't mean that much for the Packers because last year in week one, the Packers lost to New Orleans 38 to three, and they went on to win 13 games. So Who knows exactly what to take from that matchup. Unfortunately, I am going to remind everybody that the Bears have lost six in a row versus the Packers, 11 of the last 12. Our last win versus them came on December 16th, 2018 at home. And our last road win in Lambeau came on November 26th, 2015. Guys, just generally speaking, given that they're coming off a loss, we're coming off a win Give me, I I know where I feel like the vibes are at, but what do you guys feel like the vibes are at going into this game? I feel like we have a shot. I mean, again, as I said on Sunday, we're not better than the Packers till we beat the Packers. And that needs to happen on a Sunday night in prime time. Their offensive line's a little banged up and they don't have much chemistry with their wide receivers. I'm hopeful. I think we have a shot. I think we might win. Jack, I will see your shot and I will raise you. I think we're going to win. I really do. And I was, I was kind of picking this game anyway, no matter what, because I think with this new coaching staff, with this new regime, the mentality they're instilling with this team, we've seen it in the preseason. And now we've seen it in the regular season. Things just keep stacking on top of each other. And yes, we know the Packers have not fared well in week one games, but this feels different. No Devonte Adams, Jack, you mentioned the lack of chemistry with the wide receivers The protection issues, even if David Bakhtiari comes back, which he is starting to practice this week on a limited basis, I don't know how healthy he is to actually hold up against the Bears defensive line, who surprisingly had a really good game against the 49ers front. And Rodgers just doesn't look, he's not in sync with his team. He looked lost out there. And I I mean, when's the last time you kind of saw the Packers offense? Oh, I guess we know it was week one of 2021, but it's been a long time since we've seen them so so out of sync. So um, with this new coaching staff and with the Packers kind of trying to find themselves, they are vulnerable in my opinion. So the vibes is what we're saying. Uh, They, they are immaculate at at the time, but it's true. It's, I know it's only one game, but everybody knew that the loss or not having Devonte Adams anymore, obviously knew what that was going to form a huge hole, but I think we're going to continue on through the season and just see how large of a hole that is. Uh, as Brendan mentioned, obviously the and Jack as well, the Packers have a little bit of injury issues. There were reports on Wednesday that David Bakhtiari, Alan Lazard, who is their presumed wide receiver one when healthy and Elgin Jenkins, another starter along their offensive line. They were all back at practice on Wednesday and they didn't have any of them during week one. So it could 
definitely be a different looking Packers team than we saw last week. Obviously having three starters on offenses is a major difference. Before we go into sort of talking about what the Bears are going to have to do to stop Aaron Rodgers, I wanted to ask both of you guys and Jack, maybe we'll start with you. How do you expect the split between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert to be this week? Because last week it, w- it was a lot different than I think a lot of people expected. Yes, there were sloppy conditions. So I think that maybe there were reasons for it, but 38 snaps for David Montgomery, 17 for Khalil Herbert. So how do you see that playing out this week? I see it being about the same ratio, if not leaning more towards David Montgomery out carrying Herbert by more than he did last week. I just, I do think that that game was a bit of an aberration given the field conditions. I'm not done believing David Montgomery can be the bell cow. I just, there's no reason to think he can't be. I've mentioned it numerous times. A guy who's healthy, young, and in his contract year, who's shown the ability to be a great downhill runner and just abuse defenders. I'm here for it. And so I'm, I'm hoping we get him on a heater and that he carries us in the run game and is complimented by Herbert. Yeah, I would agree. I think that we are going to see a little more of a split where Khalil Herbert's going to see a few more snaps. Dave Montgomery still might see his role, not, not reduced, but just like a few more, a few less carries than maybe expected. I just went back to look at what happened last year in green Bay because David Montgomery's actually had pretty good success against the Packers. albeit it's pretty limited in just a couple seasons. He had 10 carries last year for 42 yards. Khalil Herbert just had one carry. And granted that was with a coaching staff that didn't know how to utilize both backs when they were on the field together. But I do see David Montgomery kind of, you know, bullying this, defensive line and get setting the tone early with this physical runner running style. And then kind of what we saw against the 49ers that might open the door for Khalil Herbert to get his burst going when they're a little bit worn down. So I think it's a really good, I think it's going to be a good split. And I think the bears uh, offensive coaching staff is going to be utilizing them the right way, at least for the start of the season. Whatever the split is, I hope they absolutely, both of them are punishing the Packers, but I just think it's interesting. I think that the coaching staff definitely likes Khalil Herbert's fit within this offense, just given the zone running scheme and the fact that he ran in that type of offense when he was at Virginia Tech and had success there. So I I really, I don't know. Personally, I don't think that there's going to be a, I think that snap count that you saw last week might be similar on a week to week basis, but definitely an interesting uh, thing to keep an eye on moving forward, moving to the defensive side of the ball. I don't have to explain our history against Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's different though. Now without Devonte Adams, but still he's Aaron Rodgers. So Brennan, I'll start with you on this one for the bears to have success against Aaron Rodgers. What player or maybe two players on the Bears defense do you see as being the most important come Sunday night? This is an easy answer, and it's Jalen Johnson. I mean, you're, you're talking about the Bears' number one cornerback. PFF and Zebra Technologies came out this week and said he did not allow a completion. He wasn't targeted. Jalen Johnson was not targeted in week one. And you look back to the recent Bears Packers history where Johnson's had to try and shadow Devontae Adams. And he's had limited success. He held up pretty well uh, against Adams in 2021 in Green Bay. But Adams torched the rest of the Bears cornerbacks. 
John, Jalen Johnson doesn't have to do that anymore. He can kind of stick on his one side because do the Packers receivers scare anybody? Anyone? No. Nope. So that way you can actually play your defense and not worry about shif- uh, shuffling guys around. And I think that's going to be really important where you are, you have more favorable matchups with Jalen Johnson and somebody like Alan Lazard, if he plays or a Romeo Dobbs or something. So um, without him shadowing a guy like Adams, I think that's going to be a huge, huge factor in the uh, bears favor. I was initially going to go with a defensive lineman, maybe Quinn, and talk about the pass rush and how instrumental it would be to try to hurry, hit, sack Aaron Rodgers. But as I thought about it, we've had decent pass rush on Rodgers in the past, and he still beats us. And that's primarily because our secondary fails us. And so I was going to name every guy in the secondary, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but we'll say Jaquan Brisker. I, I just I think there needs to be some of the best secondary coverage that we've seen. I think if the, if the weakness, one of the weaknesses on the green Bay Packers is their wide receivers. And one of the greatest strengths of Aaron Rodgers is to throw guys open and make wide receivers better than they actually are. Then that means our, our secondary needs to step up. And I think Brisker has shown up so far. And I think he'll continue to, to be a run stopper and a pass stopper. Well, since you didn't go defensive line, that's that's where I was going anyway. So this worked perfectly. Look at us. Dominique Robinson. I'm just interested to see what he does to follow up what he did on Sunday. Uh, obviously, at one one and a half sacks, was able to go up against one of the best left tackles in all of football and get a sack against him. So I'm really interested, that, especially that split between playing time of him and Travis Gibson. I know that it was pretty similar, but... I, I do, you know, it's obvious. Robert Quinn, Dominique Robinson, all the pass rushers have to show up on Sunday for uh, us to have a chance. Speaking of having a chance, I'm interested to hear. We we kind of alluded to the fact that we're a little bit more positive, but let's make uh, let's make some predictions on this game. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Jack. Let's hear what you got. Gentlemen, I am choosing the beloved to win in Green Bay on Sunday night. All right. Score of 23 to 17. Go Bears. Jack, I am also choosing the beloved to beat the Packers. Right now, I have a score. I think it's going to be low scoring, 17-14. And I just want to throw this out one more time. Bears coach is their first year as Bears coach, 4-1 and one, since 1999, playing the Packers in Green Bay. The only loss was Matt Nagy, and we all know he was a clown show. Matt Eberflus gets it done. I, I didn't plan on what I was going to say here. I'm so up in the air because I'm so torn between what happened on Sunday and just everything that I've known for my whole entire life. But we're going to make this a clean sweep 21 to 20 Chicago bears. Look at us. getting the win three, you know, I'm sure that this won't be a good look uh, or a bad look. I should say at some point in the future, probably right. you know all three of us doing this, but no, a little bit of confidence, but dangle and shells, weren't we're and we're not be able to, uh, to join us today but as for their predictions dangle has a similar score to me however he has the bad guys winning packers 21 bears 20 as for patrick sheldon he also has the packers winning 28 24 so maybe you just got to join the pregame podcast for a little bit of positivity with the boys so us three with wins 
shells and dangle, they have the Packers winning. Real quickly, it's nice to see those two agree on something, but the fact it that is. it's the Packers winning, that kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping that wasn't something that would, would bring them together. But anyway, all right, we're going to move on to a little bit of fantasy football talk here. Everybody out there listening right now, I hope and pray that in each and every one of your leagues, you are somehow 1-0. God knows that's not me. Actually, you know what? I shouldn't even complain. I'm two and one between between my three leagues. But what we're going to do here is we're going to do a little bit of buy and sell. Each of us are going to give one player across the league who we think maybe we should be buying and one player who we maybe should be selling. So, boys, let's start with the buy candidates. And Brendan, do you have somebody for us? I do have somebody for you, Logan. And his name is Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel You may have forgotten about him because he was pretty much hurt all last year with Washington, but he's back and he's playing really well. He had 11 targets on Sunday for the commanders for 72 total yards. He also added five carries and he scored a touchdown. And when you're looking for fantasy players, you want volume and Curtis Samuel is getting it. Like he out targeted guys like Terry McLaurin, like crazy. And he's very versatile. I kind of see him like the reverse Cordero Patterson, where he's more of a receiver or, you know what, maybe he's like a poor man, Debo Samuel. That's probably a good way to put it, but Curtis Samuel's available in about 39% of leagues on Yahoo sports. So if you have a chance to get him, definitely get him because I think this isn't going away and he's going to be a guy that's going to be a mainstay in the commander's offense. Probably not available, but possibly you were thinking about benching, T Higgins this week, and you don't want to, uh, he's out of concussion protocol towards the end of last year. He outballed even Jamar chase uh, in terms of scoring targets, receptions. And even before he went out of the game last Sunday, uh, he was being targeted quite heavily. I mean, basically what you have there in Cincinnati, if burrow is heating up is wide receiver one times two. And so uh, if you're thinking about balking on T Higgins this week, uh, I wouldn't, uh, he should be in your lineup without a doubt. Keep in mind guys, everybody like, so even if these players are not available, technically in your league, go out there and make a trade offer. What are we doing in fantasy football? That's, that's the fun part of this. And one guy who I think that you should and could make a trade offer for is Juju Smith Schuster. And uh, he, he commanded a 21% target share this weekend. Again, as a reminder, he plays for the Kansas city chiefs. Now Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. He doesn't have a dead arm bed Roethlisberger throwing to him anymore. This weekend he had six catches, 70 yards, 79 nine yards. He did not score a touchdown, which I think always presents such a good buying opportunity because that's six less points that are added to his total the first week. And I just believe in in him in this offense because I obviously have Travis Kelsey, who's going to be the number one option for Patrick Mahomes. But outside of that, you have guys like Nicole Hardman, Marcus Velda Scantling, who is good at running in a straight line. And you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire as a running back who I, I really don't trust all that much. So I think you have Travis Kelsey, and then you have Juju Smith-Schuster as the number two option. He's really the only other guy who I think has put up a full season of numbers and shown that he can be a fantasy commodity. So I think that he is a good target to look for in your leagues this week. Moving to the sell category, Jack, can you give me somebody? Absolutely. You want to sell high while you have the chance on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You just mentioned him. And dude scored two touchdowns last week. 
He's not scoring two touchdowns again for the rest of the year in a single game, at least. Clyde is going to hide. That's what he does. He split carries straight up uh, with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, They both had 27, uh, and the rookie isn't that far behind him in terms of the amount of carries. I don't see him continuing to be prolific. So if you're able to dangle him out there and get yourself a decent trade in return, then I would absolutely sell high on Hyde Clyde. My guy is James Robinson from the Jaguars, and he had a pretty good week one. And he, a lot of the conversation leading into the season was what the backfield split would be between him and Travis Etienne. Well, Robinson definitely got the lion's share of the carries and he had a productive day, whereas Etienne only had about six touches, but he made the most of them. I think he had about like 40, 40 some yards rushing. And I see this basically dwindling. I think Robinson, he's going to still get carries, but Etienne's going to continue to, you know, grow and grow and grow. So if Robinson's being viewed as somebody like an RB2, try to sell him now because I think Etienne's coming and it's going to be sooner than you think. Bears fans aren't going to be happy with me on this one. And it's going to start to sound like I'm a David Montgomery hater because I think I'm, I think it's more that I like Khalil Herbert. I understand that he's not a great pass blocker at this point, but for fantasy purposes, I think this is David Montgomery's final year of his deal. I, If I was to guess, I don't think that he gets extended. Maybe I'm wrong there. Who knows? But I, I continue to think that this Bears coaching staff wants to get Khalil Herbert more and more run. So in previous years, we've thought of David Montgomery as this rock-solid low-end RB1, high-end RB2. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to get the workload that is going to give that type of production. So if you're out there and you're a Bears fan who has Dave Montgomery on their team and you are willing to trade him, which I know, you know, as fans, we always want to have somebody on our team and there aren't too many options on the Bears offense. You might play with other Bears fans. You might be able to get a little bit more for David Montgomery in a Bears dominated league than you could in any other league. So again, while I love David Montgomery, I think he's an awesome football player. I think that there might be a good opportunity to sell him at this point. Boys, now on to betting, which I, I do love that I get to talk about betting on a podcast once a week. That's just I really appreciate that. So a quick recap of last week, Jack and I each gave you two picks. We both went one and one, which you know what? If you're going 500 as a better, you're doing pretty good. So my picks were minus three and a half, which did not hit. They won by three points over the Lions, which that looked like that was a good one for a little while. They were up by a a bunch. And then the other one, I believe I had the Seahawks under 19 and a half points. They scored 19 points on the dot. That worked well. That also, that was the opposite. That didn't look like it was going to work and it did somehow. So Jack was one and one. He had two little two leg parlays. First one fields interception and 49ers money line. We all know how, how that one went. And then the second one was his winner, which was a Flacco interception to go along with the Ravens money line. So Boys, we're each going to give two picks, three picks, whatever you got this week. Just explain to the audience what you've got with a little bit of explanation, and then we will uh, we'll move along. So, Jack, why don't you start us off? Just want to mention, I, I took your uh, Seattle tip and, and won some money on that one. So There we go. Much. But you were right. It didn't look like that was going to be anywhere close to a possibility no. early on in that game. Uh, the Patriots are favored against... Pittsburgh, they're 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 
two point favorites on the road. I, I don't, I'm just not seeing that at all. Um, I would take Pittsburgh without a doubt at home. Uh, I, I don't know. I think maybe we're starting to see the end of the Patriots dominance. Uh, I, I'm not sure that they've got things going in the right direction there, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe it's a, an idiotic thing to, um, you know, question Belichick. I, I just, I, I don't quite understand how it is that they are, two point favorites on the road. So I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh and the points. And then the other one that I thought was a little bit wild was um, the Browns at the jets. Um, I think they'll cover the six and a half. Uh, So I'm taking the Browns on the road at the jets. I mean, the jets are a dumpster fire. I feel like sometimes, you know, the NFL, as we talked about last time is super hard to predict, but I feel like the Jets will suck most always. That was the one pick I felt good about last week in my survivor pool. Like, yeah. you know what? I, I I think a lot of things could go weird, but what's not going to go weird is the Jets losing. <laughs> so I'm with you, Jack, there. Those are good picks. Um, mine are, my first one is Jags plus three and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. Guys, the Colts cannot, for the life of them, win in Jacksonville and Frank Reich is still coaching them. I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. And they tied against the Texans in week one, the Colts tied the Texans in week one. That's disgusting. And I think the Jaguars actually had themselves a pretty good game. Washington came back. Carson Wentz just, you know, had some magic somehow, but Jacksonville is playing competitive ball. I think they're going to get better under Doug Peterson. And I think that's just an easy with the, if you can get it with the hook, I'd say definitely take it. So Jags plus three and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. And then my other play is the under in the giants Panthers game. And that total is 43 and a half. That game just, that smells like a dumpster fire game, like a, a 14 to 16 game or something like that. Like, you know, the over under should be probably like 35 or something. Yes. The giants scored 21 points last week and the Panthers scored 24, but it, it both of them are ugly games. And I think particularly both teams are going to rely on their ground games. So you got to think it might be a quick game. One of those games that ends sooner than you think as well. So I'm looking for that to be, hit the under of 43 and a half. I don't condone betting by, by looking at a game and just being like, oh my God, it feels like that's going to be an under. But that is just it is so true. If you look at a Giants-Panthers matchup, that just screams under. So with that being said, my first pick that I'm going to go with is Commanders-Lions under 49. I know that both of those teams did pretty decent offensively last week. But at the end of the day, If you're going to give me Carson Wentz and you're going to give me Jared Goff and you're going to give me a limit of 49 points, I'm going to take that and I'm going to go with the under. On top of that, I think that this line could end up going down maybe into the 47 range because DeAndre Swift is sounding pretty fairly questionable at this point. And he's probably arguably the best offensive player between those two teams, probably not even arguably he is. So I could see that line going down. So there's another, you know, easy way to go about things is try to get these lines earlier in the week before news breaks, before lines move. 
Second pick that I have is Falcons plus 10 and a half. As I was looking at lines at the end of Monday night or Sunday night, they're 11 and a half point underdogs. And I understand they're on the road on the road against the Rams, but I don't think the Falcons look too bad against the Saints last week. And I also just don't know if I believe in the Rams offense. That's not to say that I think they're bad. They're playing the bills. That's a tough team, but outside of Cooper cup, there's not too many players on that team that really scare me. Allen Robinson was close to non-existent. They don't have Andrew Whitworth anymore along that line, who I think was, was a big part of that team's success. And I just think that the Falcons have enough firepower to be able to cover a double digit spread. So that will be my second pick of the week. So to recap each of our picks, Jack is going with the Steelers plus two against the Patriots. And his second pick is the Browns to cover minus six and a half against the Jets. For Mr. Chagru, he has the Jaguars plus three and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. And he has under 43 and a half points for the Giants and the Panthers. As for myself, I have Commanders Lions under 49 and Falcons plus 10 and a half. So we are always trying to do something fun and new and interact with our audience. So we are going to do our first Twitter spaces on Sunday night pregame before the Packers. Check that before the Bears and the Packers face off. Pretty excited about it. How about you, Brendan? Yeah, this is something that we've been talking about for a while, and I think we've all participated in a space that somebody else has hosted. Really what it is, if you're not familiar, and if maybe you want to get a Twitter to kind of just interact with us, even for this, that'd be awesome. But Twitter has this opportunity where you can go into this kind of like chat room or whatever, and uh, you can listen to us talk. We, you can actually ask questions. We can give you the mic essentially. And it's kind of this like, you know, literal virtual space that you could just talk about bears. So um, I know a few of us from the podcast are going to be on. I don't know if all of us are going to be on, but you know, we'll be able to talk bears and kind of see how everyone's feeling about maybe like an hour or so before game time actually hits. So this should be really exciting. We'll send out reminders as the uh, game gets closer once we get into the weekend, but yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Big week guys, big week Packers. There's a different feel in the air, even though I'm not in Chicago, I can just sense it. I can feel it. I'm just excited. All right. We're going to get out of here guys. We appreciate all of you listeners. I mean, it's just like, again, I uh, to just be a part of this, to be able to be kind of a, a rookie host in this this pregame process. It's been a lot of fun. As, as usual, keep an eye out for that postgame podcast, which I believe will be coming out on Tuesday this week uh, due to the Sunday night football game. Very excited for this game on Sunday night. I hope you all are too. For Jack Wright, Brendan Shagru, Ryan Dangle, and Patrick Sheldon, I am Logan Bradley. Bear down, Chicago.